Welcome to Saturday Morning Chats, hosted by author, life coach, and mystic, Tanya Lampley, where you will hear inspiring views, hot topics, and a bevy of information intended to help you make your life over. an athlete um, didn't get sports scholarship right. but you were a decent athlete sure. so we'll just say that if you had the chance to go to the NFL let's say NBA okay NFL to the NFL Knowing what they are starting to figure out about football being linked to degenerative brain injury, ALS, and all these other things. I think there's some, what's the, uh, the one thing where it makes the men like beat their wives and get real aggressive? Yeah. It's not funny, <laughs> but I get just, I'm struggling to think Okay, it's called CTE. Yes, CTE. Okay, we had to stop and look that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was struggling to find the name of it. Um, and it's essentially brain trauma. Sure. Repeated that hits. Just that those repeated hits causes some neurological damage. And these athletes now are struggling really with day-to-day life yes. so going back to my question they're now making this connection would you as a young man knowing that have actually accepted a contract and started a career in football knowing that at the end of the rainbow the risk there the may risk. not be a pot yeah. of gold sure that you could Unfortunately. Enjoy. Yeah. So, it's all about risk-reward. So, depending on the level of the reward, I probably would have taken the risk. Now, if somebody was going to pay me $100,000 a year, that wouldn't be enough, knowing the risks. If somebody were to say, we're going to pay you, I mean, those guys, we're gonna pay you five million dollars a year for twenty years or fifteen years. Then I'm like, the risk may not be so bad, <laughs> and it really is a function of risk reward. Do you think that you would have probably not as a young man? I don't know. Let me not speak for you. Sure. This is your this is my question to you. Okay. Do you think as a, a young man that you would have understood what the risks were? Well, we, I, I thought we were going from the premise that I do understand, but I don't think, it, take that out of it, I don't think I would have understood. Well, and I, I think I think my question was, they, they had made the connection, kind of yes. like they've made it now, yeah. but would you as a young man either believed it? And I'm going to do some more clarification okay. on this. I'm just trying to see what the general question 
what your response is to the general yeah. question. Yeah. Do you think that as a young man, you would have actually, even though the data was starting to come out, sure. and I think this week there is Dwight Clark who yeah. came forward and said that he was uh, diagnosed with ALS. ALS, and there have been several other players, Tim Shaw, Kevin Turner, OJ Briggins, Bridges, have been diagnosed with ALS mm -hmm. following <clears throat> their football careers. Right. And that's not counting the other people that have committed suicide, which they are now starting to link to CTE. Yeah. It's a problem. Yes. I don't think as, a, let's say, a 22-year-old coming out of college, I don't think it would have mattered if I had understood because I think at that age you think you're superhuman and you're going to live forever and nothing's ever going to happen to you. So if somebody would have put a contract in front of me at 22, it would be totally different than if they put a contract in front of me at 40 or 35 because then your life becomes a little more important. Sure. You so, don't fear death as much when you're that age. Right, right. And not to mention in our communities where African American kids Males don't really have a shot. That's their way out. At cash like that. Right. Right. You got your whole family riding on you. I can see where you would just start to kind of explain it away. Yeah. I do, yes, and I agree. But I do think, at least for me, because I was always interested in education and, and committed, committed to education, I think I still would have had that to fall back on, even if I would have signed a big contract. Knowing who I was then, I would have finished school and, and thought in my mind, well, what am I gonna do 10 years from now, even if I'm a multimillionaire? But I probably would have accepted that money. If I was your girlfriend <laughs> and you came to me and said, what should I do? You're gonna be all right, I would have told you. I know you, you would have, yeah. <laughs> that kind of money? Yeah. You're going to be fine. And that's the problem. Yeah. So now you have a large percentage of these players who are getting to the prime of their lives, kind of like where we are now. And they can't This is the it. sweet spot, yeah. right? Money's good. Kids physically, are grown. Physically. Physically, you're good. fine. You're not dealing with the spiritual pitfalls and right. things that you had when you were younger, like insecurities and stuff like that. That's all behind. Right. And now you get this horrible diagnosis that, you know, you may not have much time left or you may end up in a nursing home or some, or just losing control of your entire body. Right. Well, um, we watched it happen with Ali because you know yes. how I feel about boxing, which yeah. I spent years uh, worshiping at the altar um, of Box that sport, yeah, 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 that's a different question for me. <laughs> and you have yet to leap I off of can't. that train, I, yes, I that can't. runaway train yeah. barreling towards towards havoc for all of yeah. those young probably, males, probably who are going to experience the same thing as these football players. And it's similar to I it's similar to other sports. jumped off the train as a humanitarian, right. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, sometimes if I'm walking past the TV and I see. <laughs> 
see a boxing match on, I may stop and watch for like maybe one or two minutes, but I'm going to pull myself away from that because the implication is it's harmful. I can tell you about the rest of the fight if you just watch one or two because I am going to watch the entire. It is harmful, but it's just like the other sports though. It is. That's their way out. If you think about it, it's typically African-Americans or Hispanic kids that are the best boxers. And this is another offshoot of this conversation. We're kind of going off on a little bit of a different tangent. The reason why the sport still exists, boxing, football, and why the connection is there but no one's really talking about it is A, because it generates such high dollars. Especially football. But B, it is largely minority. Now I know we got a, a quarterback here and there. Yeah that are still Caucasian, but you know, I've always said that football uh, field is like a modern day plantation. In other words, and people are getting rich at the top. Now it's shifting and they're starting to put the money down at the bottom, but way more is being generated at the top. Yes. And so they don't care as much about them young black males and you're going to be brain damaged. So it's like, yeah, there could be a connection, but we, we really don't think there is I wonder if this was something like a soccer or like a European football where it was predominantly the majority race. Sure. If people would be crying foul louder. Just me. I don't know. Probably not. But the fallacy is that, especially with football, the sport is predominantly African American. The skilled positions, the running backs, the wide receivers, those sort of positions that take more athleticism are the more high-profile positions. So they're typically African-American because there is this thing with athleticism that you just can't get around. Who's getting hit the most? That's what I'm talking about. The quarterback and the running back and the receivers they know are that. getting hit the most. You know, I shouldn't say that. I wonder if they know that. That's too strong. I don't want to put energy out there think, where it may not be they true. Know, whether they know or not is what you said earlier. They're making so much money they're either going to take a blind eye to it or say, okay, that's the risk, but I'm making these billions. Each NFL team is probably worth at least, minimum, $2 billion. Like the Bengals are one of the lowest valued teams in the league, and the, the value of the Bengals is probably 2 or $3 billion. Do you know how much salaries of, of that billion is paid out to the players in salary? Do you have any idea? I do. The, the, uh, there's a salary cap. Okay. And the salary cap, I believe, this year is $100 million. I think it's It's either it's somewhere between $100 million and $150 million. So the, whole, the entire team, for each team, they have to pay the players at least combined $100 million. Let's That's just not it. a lot of money comparatively. And it's, and it's no, it's higher. It's actually it's still not, but I think it's more like 150 or 180 million dollars. But to your point, it's not really that much. And there is a gap between, let's say, a quarterback who is a star player and a linebacker who no one knows. That quarterback may make 40 million dollars a year. That linebacker may make a half a million dollars a year. There's there's that wide of a gap between the players salaries so the team is worth two billion that's what the owner is making that's not what they're making that's what it, that's what it's worth that that means if they sold it tomorrow they could get two billion dollars <laughs> two billion dollars and then pay off all their debt and live happily ever after hmm. yeah
do think my theory is really off base. About? If it was all white players, all white kids. I, in a way I do and in a way I don't. Okay. I think if you had all white players, there were no black players in the league. And it was being connected to ALS. And it was being connected to ALS. And CTE. And CTE. But the money was still there like it is now. I don't think that would change it. Sure. I don't think. I think it's more about greed than it is race. Okay. I, I think that if if I'm if those owners were making, like I said, two billion dollars a year off the team, and the, and the players were white or Hispanic or Asian or anything, I think they would still do it. I really believe that. I think the money is just so. You could be right. Big. Because I think about UFC, which I'm gonna heap in the cesspool along with <laughs> boxing and football. Well, I separate those. As far as being dangerous it's to the human body and yeah. the fact that we sit back and we get our jollies off of watching people be injured. Yeah. There's something wrong That's with that. That's even more And I say there. this even as a boxing fan. Yeah. I've had to kind of condition myself to say, wait a minute, something about this is not right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, UFC and MMA takes it to another because it's, it's a little more barbaric. If that, as crazy as that sounds, I think those are even more barbaric than boxing. Because you can elbow, you can kick, you can do whatever. Boxing is the sweet science. And people are dying after the fights. More and more. <laughs> right? I was tweeting with this guy. This is so funny. I was tweeting with this guy about the sport and how I think the sport should be banned. And so I was using this hashtag... I think it was ban it or ban boxing. Was his hashtag B lamp? <laughs> and so everybody came and just like all these men came and just attacked me. And it was just me against all these boxing fans. I was holding my own about why it was wrong and having this evolved conversation. And surprisingly, a lot of guys, they were like, well, we see your point, but sure. we're still not going to stop watching. That's how they choose to earn their living. Yeah. And so if they're a willing participant, why am I going to sit back and try to say that they shouldn't do it? They shouldn't take care of their families. Right. Right? I fall, I fall into that camp. And right in the middle of that conversation, another boxer died. I mean, it could not have been more perfect. Mm. And so I just started tweeting back. The to timing, guys, not the death. The, the timing, timing, sure. Yeah. The timing, of yeah. course. And I'm just, it just proved my point. Yeah. And I was just like, still? Like, y'all still want to sit here and defend this garbage? <laughs> Someone died. Like, right when we were having that conversation, and the reason why we were having the conversation is because it was on the tail end of another death. Okay. There was one that just happened. That's and why we this were one even happened. talking. And then another and one And then happened. there was another one. Yeah. And That's I'm just like, one. still? That's a tough one. It needs to be banned. Notice how I'm not saying it needs to be banned. I'm saying that's a tough one. All that's of these kinds of things where it's unfortunate and it really is like a, a almost like a Shakespearean dilemma kind yeah. of a thing. And that you're enticing people to do this because the money is so great, but you're that's literally right. putting them in harm's way or allowing them to be put in harm's way. And I think that there is a moral question here. Sure. There is a moral question here as we start to make the connection between <laughs> I know you're going to be watching football like no you just put my voice out of your mind. Oh, yeah. 
football, please. Did you see my point? I'm watching though? my Bengals. Did you see my point? I see your point. I see your point. But you, but once that uh, kickoff happens, who is time? <laughs> there's a moral question there is a moral and, and your but you're point, allowing these young men to put point, themselves in harm's way like this and when they get 50 and 60 they're going to be possibly even yeah. vegetated yeah your point Come about on. race your point about race it does hit the African American people of brown color harder than it does other races because that is typically considered a way out a way out of ghetto sure. way out of urban settings so rather than focus on some sort of uh, skill other than, than athleticism they focus on this and the sad part is the high percentage of them never make it to the NFL never make it to pro basketball and they don't get their education and they don't get their education but the, the, the allure of millions is the thing that motivates them to, to focus on that as their way out in fact you're mentioning this right now. There is, and you probably didn't know about this, there is a league being formed for high schoolers. Six, I think it's 16 to 18 year old high schoolers. A basketball league where they're going to be paid. So they won't be able to go to college because they're technically professionals. They won't be able to get paid. They won't be able to get a college education or get a scholarship. They can go to college, but they can't get an athletic scholarship. But this league will be for players that are considered really, really good, and they may end up having NBA potential. So they're going to be paid, and I don't know what their what the amount of the pay will be, but they'll be paid in this league for 16 to 18 year old kids. And the hope for them is that after the league is over, I'm not going to college. I'm going to the NBA. Or I'm going to overseas to play. Yeah, I'll have to process that, but I don't really see anything wrong with that. Um, I do. Because you're thinking that they're not going to go to college. Well, no, it's not even that they're not going to go to college. It's that they're not going to make it to the NBA. Probably 5% of those kids will actually make it to the NBA. How many years can they play, though? Is it just 16 to 18? 16 to 18. They still have time to make up their mind about school. They can go to college. Yeah, they can go to college yeah. academically, but they can't go to play sports. Oh, so because it okay, becomes an it makes you okay. So that well, okay. Oh, oh. When, when, whenever you're paid as you're technically a professional, you can't play college athletics. So those 16 to 18 year, 18 year old kids will automatically be ineligible to play college sports. Mm. Now, he, their thought process is to get into the mind of those kids is that I'm a good basketball player. I don't need to go to college. I'm going to play, get paid while I'm 16 to 18, and then I'm going to the NBA. Here's the, another caveat, though. You can't go to the NBA until after, t until a year after your senior year. So after they play in this league from 16 to 18, they're going to have to find some other way to play for another year after high school. That's in a the rule. meantime, they made it rule. easier for owners to identify talent and just pluck them right out instead of scouring and going all the school. They can just uh, look right at right. this league right. and just pluck them right out of right. there. Yes, and what it's going to do is it's going to create a place for a lot of kids who aren't good enough to play in the in the NBA to to play for a little while, but then they're probably not going to end up going to college because those same kids probably could have gotten an athletic scholarship, a four-year scholarship to go to a college, 
And if they're good enough, they're going to get drafted in the NBA anyway. If they're not good enough, they have a four-year degree to fall back on. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So it's going to limit even more it is. black kids going to school. Right. And, and just in general, you think about all the schools there are. There's 330 colleges that are eligible to play uh, NCAA sports. You think about the percentage of those kids each year that go to the NBA. Let's say 30 of them do. 30 kids per year because that's the, how many teams are in. 32 are in the NBA. So 32 kids out of 330 teams with 15 players each on the team are probably going to make it in the NBA each year. That's less than 1%. Wow. Yeah. And I get that. I get that it is an opportunity for young black kids to make it out of poverty. Now, just to be clear, it's not just for black kids. It's a leaf. For anybody. Sure, that. But I think your original point was that that going to boxing or going to football is a way for them to get out. That was your original point. I'm just going back to that. And there is truth to that. Sure, and I understand this league is not only for black kids, but it probably will be peppered with a lot of black children because they are just athletically dominant. For sure. That is just a fact. And your comment about the NFL being predominantly African-American while that's not completely true for the NBA and basketball, it's definitely true. I think the NBA is probably 80% or more. Do you have any idea what it is for? Um... I, it's probably it's probably 40, if I had to guess, 40 to 50%. Okay. I, so it's people of close. color, it's yeah. high, it's high. high. Here's the other but thing. The, but again, the high profile positions, other than quarterback, the high profile positions, receiver, running back, Linebackers, those really high pro, those are typically going to be. Let's be, let's face it, your better athletes, and are generally speaking, going to be African American. So let me, let me, let me pose it to you in terms of this, and and I may or may, I may or may not be right on my approach to this. So it's probably fifty percent African American, forty percent white. Probably, probably, that's probably. And so, and I'm speaking to this, you know, we don't really do a lot of racial division and things of that nature, but I'm always after truth and truth is truth and people can have certain biases. So my thinking with this ALS issue, the CTE issue, the reason why people aren't coming forward and making, um, or drawing a, people aren't coming forward and drawing a hard line stance on the fact that these types of sports are causing detriment to these families later on in life is because a the perception is that it's largely black because that was surely my perception that's true because the high profile players and then let me ask you this question the 40 percent that is left yes do you know how many could be quarterbacks oh a very small percent so the rest of those are going to be largely what working class well, not working class. I wouldn't call them working class. They, they'll be, let's say, like an offensive lineman. Like a what guys we call corn-fed, agricultural background, some of those use, big guys. I'm not going to use I'm that. going too far. Yeah, I'm not going to use I'm just trying that. to ferret yeah. through and get it. I put it like this. I'm just it's not it. your Harvard parents' people. No. I, I'm just going to go by position. Okay. Offensive linemen, people like the big guys. Where are they coming from? I have, They come from all over. I'm just not going to. Okay, let me make my point here. I, that's what I said. I, just, well, I prefaced this by saying I could be totally off base right. 
in where I'm coming from. We tend to be biased in our society at all levels, at all races, towards certain people. Period. End of story. And I can't help but wonder if this was a league of all quarterbacks. What's the guy like in uh, Michigan, the cheesehead quarterback? Brett Favre. Oh, no, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. If this was all your Aaron Rodgers or your Tom Brady, let's say it's a whole field full of that. Now, we're not talking about these big guys that are sometimes coming from, I'm just going to say it, more working class backgrounds, more agricultural type settings, the big guys that kind of work the hay, (laughs) bailed hay, and all of that. Now, it could be a leap, but just follow me here. I know you're trying to be politically correct. I'm following you, but I'm not not subscribing, but I'm following. Just follow me. If this you know how they have the, how you can subscribe on your computer. I'm not subscribing. <laughs> I'll listen, but I'm not subscribing. Okay, go ahead. I'm just trying to just wonder if this was all Aaron Rodgers, all Tom Brady's, and all their supermodel wives, would we start saying, you know, we need to really investigate and take a harder look at whether or not these sports, boxing, football, UFC, come on now, we know what these backgrounds are. Let's just be real. These are not your Harvard Brown kids. Typically, yes, that's true. Typically. Yeah. If we would take a harder stance on some of these things. Again, I. UFC was Harvard kids. Again, I say that the money's the driver. Money is way more powerful than sentiment or race. And we don't know because we've never seen it. We've never seen it. But I I do believe that if someone can make a billion dollars, they don't care what race you are. They don't care about you, essentially. They want to make their money. I disagree with that a little bit. I agree with you, but I, okay, I'm not going to say I disagree with you. I totally agree with you. But I think that there is some racial conditioning or oh, bias absolutely. in it. That, that's my point. Absolutely. That when you're looking at UFC, yeah. if that was all blonde-haired kids, yeah. Here's parents what went to Harvard, Manhattanite yeah. uh, parents, yeah. ain't no way. Here's what would happen. I think she even if they didn't do anything, there would be a higher level of concern. Now, the concern may be higher, but I don't know if that concern would outreach May not. Do you think they would build in more safeguards, Um, protections? Probably. Maybe. Maybe. That's. You see my point. I was just. And it may be a leap. It could be a leap. From I can't. I I prefaced it by saying I can't say whether I'm right on this or not. But just in my mind, I can kind of see where. You know what? If these were kids from a different demographic. Would society have a different view about what this is? I, that, I think I, that's I, my point. I agree wholeheartedly with you on yeah. that. I, I agree wholeheartedly with your point. But to me, the overriding point. Sure, it's the, money. Money's the driver. The almighty dollar. I just think that's going to take precedence because it's so much. It's yeah. Just so, I mean, we're talking billions with a B, not millions with an M. Billions. Right. That's a different category. (laughs) Those are the guys writing the checks to the guys who are millionaires. What's the draw? Like, you know, I used to be a boxing fan back in Hagler days and all that and De La Hoya. Even before that, Sugar Ray. I mean, I was a boxing fan from probably 
as early as ninth grade until um, until I just grew a conscience, right? Yeah. You know, I've watched boxing with you for yeah, years. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. What's the draw? You know, that's a great question because I think I think it's more than just boxing. Boxing, much like the Super Bowl, when you have, uh, let's say, a Mike Tyson going against a Lennox Lewis. He or was a, a beautiful thing or to Or Muhammad Ali going against a Joe Frazier. It's an event. A boxing match. Think about the energy of just waiting for that match to happen. There's just something about that. I even more so than the football. action itself. Yeah. It's an event. And or I think even more so than other sports, right. I should say. Right. Yeah. It's an event. And I, and I think that's one of the big allures. And that's why pay-per-view can get away with charging so much. People are waiting for this event. And they're like, okay, it's, it's coming. It's coming. You can't. I mean, I, I can remember on the Saturday of those uh, big, big matches. I would be hyped up the whole day waiting for the Tyson, and it may last three minutes because Tyson knocked <laughs> you. You waited your whole day. <laughs> I can remember I had I was in college and I had a neighbor who wasn't him it was his sister. Yeah. She went and got the outfit and she flew all the way to where I think it was Las maybe Vegas, I think it was in New Jersey that, yeah, that one. Probably, it's probably it New been, Jersey. It she flew all the way to New Jersey and that fight was like. 62nd, it was ridiculous. It was a Tyson fight. It was a Tyson fight. And she had gotten an outfit and hair and nails and got somebody to keep her kids and flew all the way up there. And that fight was over in 60 seconds. And I remember thinking, what a waste. The big thing with Tyson, we always I think the tickets were like a couple grand or something like that. The big thing with Tyson was always don't go get a snack. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, I think she had paid like a couple grand for the tickets, like yeah. ringside and all that. That was a lot of money back then. That's a lot of, That's money, a lot of money now. now. And, and I love sports and I love boxing. They won't get to, nobody's going to get $2,000 for me to watch a, a boxing. So if the price, and that's a good point too, because if the price were to get to a level of exorbency that was way more than I thought was worth it, then sports wouldn't be as important to me or I wouldn't watch it as much. If it cost $50 every day to watch a, a basketball game, I probably wouldn't watch it as much. But, but because it's so accessible and it's already been paid for because of the advertisements, that's part of the reason why it's, it's so easy for people to, to get hooked and, and watch it over and over again. And I just say, enjoy it while you can because I wouldn't be surprised if in a minute that jumps off of free access. I see you out there picketing my <laughs> Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to have a real problem. No, I'm just saying <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if that didn't switch to some kind of pay structure. I think yeah, we're in a probably. we're in a in a really interesting time now. Yeah. And I, I was going to say precarious, and it kind of is precarious in that because culture is shifting, mm -hmm. the pay models are shifting for entertainment. Yeah. And I think we are seeing these companies really try to push the envelope mm -hmm. to see how far they can go yeah. before the people cry foul. And they just haven't been doing it. Yeah, that's true. They busted up cable, basically. And people are paying separate fees for like 20 different apps to sure. watch it's television. Coming. And so I think we're really going to see these companies just like, you know what? I'm going to push, push, push and see how far I can go 
with some of these models as we try to find our new normal yeah. you may end up having to pay 6.99 a month to watch the nba yeah, well that's already started because yeah. there are there's the nba network sure and the nfl we step network. away from it the yeah. nfl network is huge 10 years ago when probably 10 years ago when the nfl network was first around it was a premium channel that you did have to pay extra for. Now it's included in like a spectrum package. Yeah. But that the days of it going all the way to its separate costs is is probably around the corner. Sure. Because it's, it's such and big... ads well I was gonna say and ads aren't working anymore because people aren't watching television. So in a minute they're gonna go That's where true. the people are. If the people are online, if the people are on apps that they could run ads on there, you may in a minute just see that just totally disappear sure. because Typically, the only people that are kind of watching traditional TV now are like 50 and up, right. maybe 40. Well, what's, I think what will happen is uh, Hulu knows that advertising is a part of their income generation. So they'll have a contract with the NFL for the NFL. And people like the NFL. And then you got to buy Hulu. So then you got to buy Hulu and then sure. you got to pay. So, and yeah, it's that going to be coming. crazy when it gets that Hulu has a piece and somebody else has the NFL. Yeah. And somebody else has right. soccer, which is starting to grow really, really yeah. popular now. And so now you're spending $60 just to watch sports. Not me. And <laughs> people aren't, people are so distracted by life now and the fast pace of life, they don't even realize what's happening. They're being inched further and further and further away from common sense. Yeah, that's true. And so I think they're just going to keep pushing it until we find, I think it will get to a place where people will just say enough. Yes. But we haven't found that ground yet. It's coming, though. That day is definitely coming. Because yeah. they, whenever there's money involved, people are going to take advantage of that. And it, it gets to a point where it becomes too much. And then it's like you just said, people say enough. People are going to say enough. Because I would be that guy. It, would, it wouldn't take it to get to cost that much for me to say, okay, that's enough. Sure. It's just not and let that me ask important. you this question, and this is what I was asking the guys on the, the Twitter conversation that I was have, having about this. How many people would it take to die before, I'm not going to say you, because I'm not going to put you on blast yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to say like a thousand. <laughs> so you don't have to answer for yourself. How many people do you think it would take to die before people finally said enough? And I think before you answer... One of the tricky things about it is that it's on a delay, oftentimes. Sure. sure. Um, like well, we saw Ali, we saw um, Hagler, we saw uh, name some other people that um, Hagler's got a little bit of um, brain yeah. um, issue uh, visible to me. I don't know if he's he been diagnosed. He, he just, just passed, passed away. away. Oh, jeez, yeah. He was living in Italy. I didn't know he passed yeah, he away. Just like in the last month. Jesus Lord. I think that hurt. Might, I, I think. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I th are you thinking of Hagler or are you thinking of Hearns? Thomas Hitman Hearns. Because he talks Hagler didn't that. have a little bit of that? I, I know Hearns. Hagler's kind of caramel skin with the ball, kind of pointy yeah, head. Yeah. I thought he had a little bit of that, but I could be off. And God rest his soul. I didn't yeah, know he, he had passed, passed away. away. He, he could have had it, but he didn't show the noticeable like signs. Like Hearns. Like Hearns. Hearns' speech is now slurred. And everything. A so lot of those guys are getting that. Is. Yeah, they are. They are. So, so in answer to your question, I do think that if the numbers multiplied at a certain rate, and I don't know what that number was, but if it became more rampant and in people's face, 
I, I just think the humanistic side of people would kick in at some point and say, you know, this is just too much. I, I do think that that's the case, but I, I can't put a number on it. Because you think about a thousand deaths, that would be a lot. But, you know, out of all the people that are watching the sport and participating in the sport, I don't know if that would be enough. There's been Maybe a lot of deaths from boxing. And I'll tell you the there reason have. why I know this, because when I was heated, I'm having that heated debate with those people. I went and looked. Yeah. It's way more. I was horrified to see the number of people that had died, like within a week of a boxing match. Yeah. And no one was talking about it. And the unfortunate thing is that sometimes it was a boxer overseas. Yeah. It, it was never like a, I don't know, De La Hoya said, keep my name out of your mouth. But it was never like someone major like that. So it never got the attention. But a death is still death. Just because you're not famous doesn't mean that your loss of life is any less important than someone else's. But that's how we operate in the United States and society in general. If it is a face of boxing right. that all of a sudden dies within a week of a fight, now everybody's going to pay attention. Yeah. There's been a lot of people, Italian, a lot of people that have died. Yeah, and I, I think that's bad, but I think the worst part is the fact that the impact of boxing is cumulative. So the first three to five years of a person's career, they can seem as normal as can be. Sure. 15 years later, you have Muhammad Ali or other people like that. Then you start seeing the signs. You know, you're, you connect it. You're like, okay, 15 years of boxing has affected his brain in a very detrimental way. Because you don't, you don't see a whole lot of just, as a percentage, I don't think you see a whole lot of just deaths in the ring. I don't think you see that very much. And if it is, shame on me for not knowing. I know it happens, but as a percentage... I don't think that happens that often. And and it, it happening once is too much. Let me be clear about that. But I don't think it's happening like every week somebody's getting no, killed it's not in a boxing every week. But it's happened a lot. It happened a lot, but I think it's what's just more, like when I was doing that conversation yeah. to I mean, we're talking about a Twitter conversation that yeah. it was a long conversation. That's probably long attraction. Now you need to quit. You think that I you stop it. I'm going to edit that all the way out of this podcast. That is never going to get in there because that is just dumb. No, I'm saying, though, even with the deaths, the connection to the boxers who later on in their career have issues mentally, that percentage is just way higher than the deaths in the sure. world. That's what I'm saying. I, that's not the right word. Um, collectively is the word that I'm looking sure. for. When you look at the deaths right. plus the brain injuries, right. plus the uh, neurological effects, right. we'll call it that, mm -hmm. it's a problem. It's probably even pushing 30%. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a fair percentage. Now, let me ask you this question. As a sports nut, yeah. why do you think we are looking the other way? Because we are number one attracted to competition yeah. and number two and violence are, and as Americans we are attracted to violence Let's you, just are, put you it were asking there. me though right sure okay <laughs> I think the two main reasons I don't think it's necessarily the violence that's part of it I think it's competition and I think it's excellence I think that that, that that's what that's draws true. me to yeah. sports in general sure. I, I, I think about watch, that aspect of it yeah I want to watch a guy that can do something like golf as a kid, here, here's an example. As a kid, I never was a golf fan because I didn't play it. 
So I didn't watch it. As I started to play it and figure out how difficult it was, I started watching it. And as I saw the Phil Mickelson's, the Tiger Woods of the world, as they excelled at it, I had an appreciation for that excellence. So that's what draws me to sports is the competition and the just excellence. And, And that's in all walks of life. You, we like to see business people that are excellent. We like to see sure. actors that are excellent. You sure. and I were talking about this morning, yeah. the greatest female and male actors and actresses, and that can be a subject matter for some other time. But I think excellence is just appeal. Do you think that's the appeal for other people, or do you think that violence may be part of the draw? We are a violent I'm nation. I'm on a tear so with is, the violence. You are yeah. <laughs> No, but there, there is an element of there's a There's a high percentage of the attraction is that in general I, I, I that can't be ignored people how many people own guns yeah they're not owning them because it's the hip thing to do sure. <laughs> there's this attraction to violence too that that just isn't necessarily my thing my thing is I love excellence I love the the human drama and the human ability to demonstrate excellence in all walks of life I just that's a that's an attractive thing for me sure yeah. and I get that I just think that there is something about knowing that something is causing harm. Do you yeah. think people would watch uh, someone fight an alligator? I do because it's because it. I do for those very same reasons. I think the violence comes into it, the the risk comes into it. Sure. But there's also if you're going to fight an alligator, you'll probably have some skills. <laughs> <laughs> So that yeah no I think I'm just trying to think about the humanistic thread here like what is it about this when these people when you you, you're looking at a sport yeah and you can probably make a leap and say you know what there is a a a substantial percentage of these people yeah that are going to have an injury do we have a responsibility to protect them do we have a responsibility to put in more precautions? Or are they alone responsible for their own detriment? And yeah. then it gets complicated by the fact that you paid someone millions. Sure. So they won't even really be in the right frame of mind. And this was my argument to those guys during that Twitter exchange mm-hmm. is that when you have a child that comes from poverty, I don't care what color he is, yeah. and you dangle millions in front of him, that is an opportunity for his entire family to escape poverty. Sure. And poverty is a life, you and I know some aspects of it, but sure. we don't know it like some of these That's people true. do, yeah. right? Yeah. It was bad bad enough where we came from. Sure. But a lot of these kids are in worse conditions than that, especially when you see like some of these boxers. Yeah, and, and let, me, let me first validate your theory about the violence. There is that attraction, generally speaking, to the violence. So if I'm going to sit here and say people loved the Mike Tyson fights, people loved to see Mike Tyson fight, there was something to the fact that we we kind of kind of knew that he was going to knock somebody out in the first round. That's why we watched. <laughs> so so there's that aspect of it. But from my perspective, as much as I liked that with Mike Tyson. I'm more of a fan of a Muhammad Ali or Sugar Ray Leonard who were charismatic and showed a lot of skill in the ring. They could do some things that Tyson couldn't do in his 
limited ability. It's, it's, it's interesting that he was so powerful, but when he ran into folks that had that were taller than him, longer reach, and had skill, he always had problems because he, he never really was a great boxer. boxer sure. He, really he was just a knockout kid. He was just a knockout kid. So yeah. so there's that aspect of it that I'm, I'm validating for you that there's the violence. Violence attraction. People are, are waiting to see Tyson knock somebody's head into another stratosphere. <laughs> There's that aspect of it that, that I think people are attracted to. So I, I want to validate that part for you. But you're right in that it attract those sports attract those people of lower socioeconomics in a, in a high percentage of the cases. And I just looked it up. It's actually closer to 60% of the NFL is African. That's a hot I'm percent. telling you, yeah, my hunch is that if that was a whole field full of Brett Favre's or Tom Brady's or Aaron, or Aaron Rodgers, they would say, you know, maybe we need to redesign the helmet. Which they've done. They have done that. They have redesigned the Wait, helmet. Wait, we need to make them wear it. Yeah. The yeah. guys pushed back and said they didn't want to wear it. They did push it. back on yeah. that, yes. Maybe right. we need to make them wear it. Yeah, this is a true. condition of your employment. Right. Maybe with boxing, we need to move it to eight rounds, or we need to uh, put the, the, the headgear on like we do with the Olympic boxers. Like, my thing is this. It's <laughs> like my dad said, and we're going to do all that. So watch Powder Puff or something. Remember he was saying yeah. that? <laughs> no, he made, he made a gender comment. Yeah. yeah, he said, well, "I would just let the girls." Like, that's, that's what he said. Girls. Yes, for girls, right? If we're gonna do all that, <laughs> yeah. to them. But there is this thirst for the the violence. There is, yeah. There yeah. is this thirst for the takedown and the blood and the gore. You know what's ironic about that is that just about anybody that watches a fight, watches a boxing match, and let's take Mike Tyson for example, when he just pulverized somebody and knocked them out. There was a part of everybody watching it that would make the faces be like, oh, right. which is ironic. Even I watch you guys watching football when they have yeah. those bad hits. Ooh, yeah. I mean, you will immediately turn yes. away. Yeah. Yeah. If it's a bad hit. If it's, it's like a, a broken hit. bone or something yeah. like that. And I've seen some of those. I saw one. You couldn't watch it. I, I watched it. Yeah, that, yeah. I think it was the Alex His Smith. leg kind of folded back on itself. Yeah, it, just, it literally just looked not like fun. Fun. <laughs> it looked like it was rubber, yeah. and I'm like, now that one was pretty. That one yeah. was pretty bad. Yeah, but but it's it's it really is the dichotomy of wanting to see violence, but looking out looking out your hands like your hands are closed, and you kind of look through through a little hole in your hand because it's it's not in our true nature sure. to want to see someone get hurt. Yeah, but the energy and the excitement of a Mike Tyson fight, or just any fighter like that that can knock somebody out in the first round. Was yeah, because I've noticed that even on some of the uh, football games, when those guys get hurt really bad, they won't do the replay. They won't show it. That's they won't correct. do the replay. That's correct. It's, there's a humanistic side even there. So why? I but just, they've already made their money on those games. You know, and it just needs to extend a little bit further. Yeah. Because you have these young people that are being a million dollars is being dangled in front of them, yeah. and they can't make the best decision, and they can't at 22 years old understand that at 52 I could be almost vegetative I could slur my speech I could maybe not cognitively understand what my grandchildren are saying who wants that sure sure and the numbers are going up the numbers, the numbers are, are getting to a place where we can no longer deny it yeah and, and we we're talking about boxing football in some ways 
is equally violent as boxing because it's repetitive. They say that that two football players going at full speed is like two trucks going 60 miles an hour and running into one another. I mean, that just defies Well, I, I know someone. I know someone very well that played college sports. He was a good player. And he's arthritic all over. All, all over. He, he, walk, he, he can kind of barely sure. walk. And he was just a college player. And I was just going to say, and even add that in to yeah. the woes of the NFL later, when you see those guys like... OJ, I always see people clowning and uh, talking about his yeah. walk. The yeah. comedians talking about they do. They <laughs> it's do. not funny. Yeah, but why are you laughing? <laughs> I was like, the comedians are always making fun of it. OJ, I see in my Twitter feed, they're like OJ with them bad knees. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I do know what you're saying. It, it's interesting. I, I to to answer your question about whether I would have played or not. To bring that forward to someone who actually did, I can remember playing golf at a course here locally and seeing a, a pro football player, a real nice guy. He was on the course and he was playing by himself. And he joined our group. We, were, we had two people and he wanted to join our group and he was limping so bad. He just, yeah. he just it was bad. But I asked, I actually asked him that question. I, I was like, man, you're struggling a little bit out here. He said, yeah, 15 years in the NFL will do that to you. And I asked him, I said, if you had a chance to do it again, would you do it again? He said, absolutely. He said, absolutely. He said, it was the, the greatest time of my life. And he said, I'm willing to pay the price from here, on, from here on to have played in the NFL for 15 years. And he was a great player. He was a really good player. Won Super Bowl, had Super Bowl rings and everything. But he, he, his walk was painful to watch, the way he walked. So going back to the original question I, had, I asked you in lieu of that issue yes. right there. Yeah. If you had, as a young man, taken the football contract, Played all the way through, right. and now your body was broken down. Right. He was probably this guy was probably forty eight at the, at the time. Now your body was broken down. Now that was his experience, and of course you can't really answer because you didn't really live it. Right. And I have some theories around that. I, I may just inter, interject okay. here in a second. Okay. Do you think that if you could just barely get around on the golf course, say your mind condition yeah. was fine, but your body would was you have said it was down. worth it? I would have a bottle of gin and a larger bottle of regret. <laughs> I would. You, uh, you know, I don't drink. If you could get around. Yeah, I, I would be regretful. I, I think if I were my age, the age I am right now, and I had played all those years and was walking around like him, I would be regretful. So he was played. really bad. He was really bad. And it was, it was interesting because he was actually pretty good at golf. And you know what? And I, this is what I'm going to interject there. Now, yeah. I don't know this guy, so I can't speak for him. I can speak a little bit for you yeah. as a younger guy. Yeah. But I can only imagine not only the money, yeah. but the, the, the ego boost from yeah. all the praise in your community. And yeah. if you're really good, the public in general. Yeah. But the women. Come on now. Let's just be the ladies. The ladies. I can only imagine that some of those guys are like, you know what? I a... had sex with five <laughs> women <laughs> in the back of a pickup. Yeah. yeah I just that, don't have a male mind. Yeah, that part wouldn't have been a big deal. <laughs> I just know how the male no, mind right. can be. Yeah, you right. know what I'm well, saying? You, we, we often talk, guys that I uh, I know and, and just are part of the business world, the African-American guys that have done well. We'll often talk, not often, but we have talked about 
that aspect of it. And we we always say, you know, we were kind of fools without a bunch of money in the NFL. Think about if we would have gotten money. Yeah, think about that. It just gives you a certain level of access. What you get does. access to yeah. restaurants and people just telling you come on sure. in and there's so-and-so and just all that ego boost. You get sure. access to women that you would have never had access to. Well, and, and it's... It, what money does in general, and we always talk about that, money magnifies who you are. And who you are as a 22-year-old is you think you're Superman. Sure. Give, your, give that same 22-year-old kid a million dollars, he thinks he's Superman and Batman combined. Sure. And, and that just changes, that can change who you are. So when I hear about those guys that are 22-year-old football players who are millionaires but then end up being broke, at 30, while I don't think I would have done that, I understand it. Sure. I understand that their ego wanted to, wanted to say, I gotta have this $500,000 car. Yeah. I gotta pay I gotta pay for everything everywhere we're sure. going. Sure, and this is where the entourage. growth process is really, Absolutely. really important. But most yeah. people just don't understand that and they just don't do it. Well, who's going to be able to talk to a guy that makes $10 million a year and he's 23 years old? Yeah, and you're like, your life, your wife, your wife is going to leave you if you don't change. And he's right. just like, with this amount of money, I'll just get I'll another just get one. Another one. Yeah. What he doesn't realize, you, you keep splitting that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be zero. It's going to be zero. And, and that's the sad part. When, when we're, That's the part we haven't even gotten into. The fact that while we're saying that money's the big part of this and that's what's driving everything, these same kids that are millionaires at 22, just a high percentage of them end up being broke at 35. That's yeah, the sad part. That, that is that, very that, sad. I, I would guess that that is very 60% of those players... And how many years have... Go ahead and finish your point. I was, I was just going to say probably 60% of those players who made over $10 million in their career don't have a bucket to pee in. And how many years would they have played to... It's different now because now that's a that's a small contract. Ten million dollars a year is not really that great. It's great, but it's it's typical. So they probably probably would have played eight years to get a net of ten million dollars over that time. And they in the past. and they could very likely have spent it all. Very likely. So let me ask you this question. I don't know if you know this, but was ten years um, a long enough window for like uh, the neurological? Oh, oh, the neurological aspects to say. Oh well, absolutely. Because you think about it, it's not that they've been playing ten years in the NFL. It's the hits. It, well, they've been playing all their lives. That's true. They've yeah. been playing for thirty years. And the years. force of the hits. Yeah, they've been playing for 30, 20 years. So Let's this say. is even the bigger tragedy. And listen to you talk to think that you would end up broke at thirty five. Yeah. And then you would still be subject to some of these neurological conditions yeah. now, in another we'll decade. This. They will yeah. show up for another decade. Now, I will say this. The NFL has an incredible pension plan. If you play 10 years, you it, get a pension. It, no, it's, it's three and a half. I think it's three and a half years. I may be off on this. I think it's three and a half years of full service. So a 16-game year is a full service year. So if you've played, I think it's... 60 some games by the time when you get to 50 you can collect on a pension that's very lucrative it is very lucrative they can they can live off that they can live off their pension if they've played let's say they played five years in the nfl 
they can they can probably live fairly comfortably okay. when they're fifty years well, old. I think good. I think and think about the money they make now. I read somewhere that O.J. Simpson, and this is why he's always going to be okay because the courts and nobody can get to his pension. I think his pension is like four hundred thousand dollars a year. I think I read that. I thought it was like a half a million. Yeah, yeah I think played, I read that. And he played back in the seventies and eighties when the money wasn't. So as you can imagine as what it is now. Yeah. So those guys, those guys do okay if they if they if they make it. So let me ask you this question: Is that part of the salary cap, or is that coming out of the two billion? I'm learning things. Here That's today. coming out of the. The NFL organization itself has they pay into so it, so much that's money. invested money they and all that. that. Sure, yeah, okay, so that ain't that's not so. Me. So to your point, to circle back to your point, in some ways they are taking care of players in ways that we don't really think about. Sure. They, they're taking care of, sure. and, they, and they, they now the one thing they're trying to the players are pushing back on is the insurance part because they have all these physical ailments and neurological issues. They're trying to get that pension to include a better insurance plan. And that's that's a fight that's ongoing. But as far as cost of living and the way they live, I think for the most part, if you've played in the NFL five to seven years, you'll you'll be at least okay when you're fifty years old. Finally. I have another question. Okay. Two more questions and then we're gonna close. Okay. The first question is, and you answered part A of the question, if you would have been in this situation available or good enough to go to the NFL and then fast forward and you're 50 years old, you would have said it wasn't worth it mm -hmm. to you. To me, I would have. Okay. Do you think that, not for you because you kind of answered the next question, but if you could just try to get a beat on like general society if they could say, okay, you can get the contract, but when you get to 50 years old, you quite possibly are looking at um, neurological disorders, sure. degenerative diseases, spinal cord issues, shaking hands, possibly affected cognition, mm -hmm. possibly even death from CTE. Yeah. Do you think that... The general public would. That's a great question. I think it lends itself to the personality type of the guys that are actually making it to those levels. That's good. Those guys would probably, for Take the, the most risk. part, say it's worth it. Yeah. But I think if you ask You're the right. average guy, sure. would it be worth it? The average guy is probably going to say, nah, I got 30 year, more years to live. I don't, 30 plus potential more years to live. I don't want to live like that. Do you... Do you think that if they've made a a, a more direct, clear connection, because they're real crickety, <laughs> you know this is a pet peeve of mine. Yeah, I can see your slant coming the out. The data and the evidence <laughs> is all there, but yeah. you know, you hear crickets <laughs> when it comes to this level of money. Right. Nobody wants to say, okay, if you are an NFL player, you have a 30% chance of being let me watch how I'm saying that. So I was going to say being in a vegetative state. Now, that's that's really strong. That's a bit much. Yeah, that's a bit much. I'm going to retract that. Okay, thank you. You have a 30% chance of having some sort, some sort of, of neurological condition. Yeah, okay. Or debilitated. Maybe you can't walk. Yeah, some sort of, let's just say To me, though, the CTE and something about the brain, because you can get physical therapy for those injuries. Yeah. You can eat better, take fish oil. There's a lot of things, uh, 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 collagen injections there's a lot of things you can do for body but that brain 
Yeah. I mean, that is God's computer, and no one knows how to operate it. Yeah, I think that, uh, and I think your percentage is probably on the low side. I think that if the longer you play, obviously, the more likely. But I think a guy that plays in the NFL for at least five years has a really good chance. Well, let's say, I'm going to say it has a 50-50 chance of having some sort of neurological issues. I just, I believe that. So do you think that if we made a... As soon as you clear. sign, the conversation is such yes. that almost like skydiving. Right. We can clearly see right. you, you, you have a chance of dying, and that's sure. why most people don't mess with that. Right. We don't have a league of skydivers. Right. Because we can make the clear connection that's not for everybody. Yes, I, I think you're right about that, but I also still think that as you're, as you're presenting that case to this player, He's 22. But he's 22, and then you're sliding a contract that has seven figures on it, maybe probably eight figures on it. I think that's going to come on deaf ears. Sure. I think that and part, I think that it's part human is, nature to yeah. say it would never happen to me. It would never that's happen to me. That's why we have smokers. And it would never they don't happen think they're to get me, lung cancer and inside. I'm willing to take that risk for this, this contract. Because one of the things is, what else am I going to do? A lot of those guys that's true. Have, a, have a mentality of, I'm not going to be a doctor. That's true. I hate to say that, but they're not thinking. If I don't do this, because there's I'm no be money a in our community, and that's right. the thing that I think that's the piece that a lot of people are missing when they think, right. well, you could just go to college. When the African community, African American community, there is not oftentimes where those guys come from. Now sure. that's changing, sure. but where those guys come from, there just is no money no, to go to no school. Money. There's no money, and there's no guidance to and there's no guidance. because because. Even if there is no money, this is one of the fallacies historically with school is if you have a skill, and we all probably have some sort of skill, if you have a skill, there's a way to go to college. But even if you can't get a scholarship, there's a way to go to college. Sure. So it... Well, and want, until you've never seen it. Until you've never... Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, and is that investment in college worth your future? My thing is, it was for me, and it was is for a lot. But they're thinking the investment they're going to make is physical, and I'm going to make money immediately. But a lot of times that's they don't. human nature. That's human nature, that's human and nature. a lot. But a lot of times they don't. They, even the even the guys that take the college basketball players right now, they changed the rule about 15 years ago. Now, college basketball players can't go to the NBA until after their freshman year. It's got something to do with you have to turn 19 years of age. A lot of those kids do that. A high percentage of them don't end up playing in the NBA. They, there's this G League as a development, developmental league that they'll end up in and then they'll get 10-day contracts in the NBA, go back to the G League, and two years later they're out of the league. And there's a high percentage of players that end up with that route that you don't hear about. Those kids end up on, for, for lack of a better word, end up sometimes on skid row. So you think that even if we say, it like, the, yeah, I get it. I, and I, I completely agree with yeah. you that even if we made the hard, I think fewer would go. Sure. I think some parents and some wives would step up. Some young sure. wives are like, wait a minute. Now, I got this baby by you in high school. Yeah. And so you're telling me that I could be wheeling you in a chair yeah. at 50? So I think that it would affect the numbers yeah. a little bit. A little bit. But probably not a whole lot because money talks. Money talks. And people have trouble um, 
making the connection with things that aren't immediate. That is human nature. That's human nature. So when you're 22 or you're 30, you're talking about something may happen 20 years later, people just can't make the connection. That's a key. You're especially, there's especially an inability to do that when you're 22 years old. Sure. When you're 30, 35, you're you're like, okay, what's this look like 10 years, 15 right. years? You're more likely and to think And you're looking at way. your babies you're and your children. At, right. You would have a different, but at 22, right. but at 22 let's, Some I mean, would. But some would, but for the most part, 22-year-old kids think they're superhuman. They, they, they just don't think about yes. mortality. Yeah. They don't think about mortality. Okay, and here's my last question. Okay. Do you think that if we move to more of a stance of I am my brother's keeper and I do have a responsibility not to put my brother in harm's way when it comes to things like UFC, MMA, boxing, football. If we did put in some more safety precautions, maybe limiting the uh, rings per boxing match, Mm -hmm. making certain kinds of hits illegal, Mm -hmm. more protective helmets uh, with UFC and MMA things like uh, I just saw last night where that guy kicked that guy in the face and knocked him clean out he was gone from a kick to the face um, I wonder if his jaw was damaged yeah. after the fact make things like that illegal still combat because mm-hmm. that's what we thirst for sure. bizarre but there are some precautions built in yeah, so that's it right there. So I, I think that it's going to depend on the sport. I think there is an inherent attraction to violence for the people who like MMA, UHC. I think that's just part of that. Even boxing. There, there's a part of, the, part of that underbelly that says, that's why I'm watching this. Now, let's talk about the NFL. The NFL got a more protective helmet and you did other things that made it safer there's still a high level of skill sure. involved with playing in the NFL that, that, that's undeniable those guys are fast they're strong and they they know the plays so I think with the NFL you could you could get away with making it way more safe and still having the same people watching it for the most part okay with MMA UHC and even boxing to say we're going to make it harder to knock somebody out. <laughs> but essentially what you're saying, it's going to be harder to knock somebody out. Sure. Would I they watch it? They would. I don't think the, the viewership would be as high with that sport, with those sports. Because there's just a thirst for violence. There's That's thirst why we for watch violence. it. That's what those sports are about. You think about what those sports are about. We call boxing the sweet science, but Mike Tyson wasn't about the sweet science. He was about putting somebody's nose into their brain. And this is the thing that's challenging for me as a humanitarian, I do believe that life is to be enjoyed and there's nothing wrong with competition. That is part of the fabric of humanity. I mean, we've had sports since back, you know. Since Roman, since, since, yeah, yeah. yeah. Since Roman, uh, the days of Roman Empire, Empire, sure. So, isn't that when the Olympics started or no? Was it back that far? Yeah, Yeah, I thought it was. Uh, Mount Olympus, Yeah. 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 So, my history could be off, somebody correct us, but that is a part of being a human being, that level of competition. There's true. nothing wrong with that. It's a driver. It is a driver. driver. That's true. To excel. Yeah. yeah. And so, but as a humanitarian, 
I really do think that we do need to build in some safeguards around some of this stuff because along those same lines, when I'm looking at things like UFC and MMA, they are starting to get so brutal. It reminds me of gladiator barbarian. days. Barbarian. And will we eventually get to a point where we thirst and crave violence so much? And we've seen movies about this, like mm -hmm. future, excuse me, futuristic movie, movies, futuristic movies, where they were killing each other in hand-to-hand -hand combat, mm -hmm. and people found that as a we, that was a form of entertainment. Sure. I'm getting so worked up here. I came around to get yeah. my words out. <laughs> but you know, we've seen movies, right? And they, it's like the futurist. Gladiators. Yeah, and, and, and it had that hand-to-hand uh, -hand where people were being killed in the ring right. and people were just cheering and jeering them on. We that was, It was an acceptable form of entertainment. Right. And I just wonder, as we keep progressing, if we don't put some sort of checks and balance on it, could we get there? Yes, unequivocally, yes. That's because scary. Th there, there are movies. I think there was a movie called Gladiators. I don't remember. I remember the movie, yeah. but I, I didn't watch. But it's it. it's, a, it's of that. It's what you're talking about. And the ironic part: there was a reality show or game show called Gladiators. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, now they weren't killing each other, but think about think about what they named it. There's a reason why they named it yeah, Gladiators. Yeah. So we're that close. Do we're that, that close. That's now scary. I think there's some controls in place right now to keep it from going too far, but I think those controls can be a little more lax. Will end up being a little more lax if the money is gets strong. there. The only thing, and this is a money issue too, and we can probably close out on this, but the only thing that will probably keep that from happening is the attorneys who sure. are very powerful in this country. Mm -hmm. As they come after the money yeah. and they want to start suing UFC League, MMA League, for wrongful death, sure. then we may see it stop. We, Maybe. We if may. they were to get there. Yeah, we may, and it would take time because I think we all know that he with the most money ends up with the best attorneys. Sure. And yeah. the more money they make, the NFL again is a multi-billion dollar organization. Sure. They're gonna have the best attorneys. Well, and it, it, it just made me think right now with the police killings of people of color. Yeah. The money, the lawsuits, the judgments is yeah. not stopping it. It's, they true. are still shooting yeah. African American and Latino people yeah. unfairly, yeah. disproportionately. And those people are winning multi-million dollar judgments. And it continues. And it continues. And I think that's where insurance companies come into play. Right. Because insurance companies will actually insure things yeah. like stop loss and stop gap and all those other terms. So, you know, as a, as a UFC league, if yeah. I have insurance against being sued for wrongful, it just can go on and on and on and on and on. So, By the way, you talk about insurance, a lot of those players have insurance too. So sure. if they get injured, the, the place that did most of, the, most of it was called Lloyd's of London. They, yeah. they wrote insurance. So if something happened to that player, they would pay them. If they got injured or something happened to them. And this is just a quick note. Uh, we said we're going to close. This is just a quick note. I don't know if you know the answer to this. And I'll have to look this up. But I wonder if in a boxing match, if you kill someone in the ring, if there's any sort of civil, I don't think there's criminal liability. But I wonder if there can be any sort of civil liability against someone, against a ref, 
against someone. Yeah, I yeah. wonder if that I, I is think the case. There, I've never heard it of it. It seems now. like there could potentially be, but I've of all the deaths, and I've, I've heard about and seen a few during my lifetime, I don't ever recall them being sued or, or being uh, found guilty of that crime. So I don't even recall any suits. I still remember uh, Dooku Kim and Boom Boom Mancini, Ray Boom Boom Mancini in the 80s. I still remember him killing him on national television. Did you watch it? No, I, I, it, it was on national TV, though. Oh, my God. TV. How old were we? We were... We were probably late teens. So people watch that. Yeah, people watch it. And, and I don't recall. I was a boxing fan back then. I don't I remember that at all. Do you remember him, but I don't remember he the. He killed a guy. Was like, he in Africa when it happened or something? No. No. It was, it was somewhere in the States. And I think that I'm pretty sure that match was televised because he was, he was a big deal back then, Boom Boom Man City was. But I, my point is, I don't recall him or anyone around in that scenario that. being. Sued or anything. I don't think. Like yeah, I don't think it is. But I, I think you. T- I think that change, you, though. I think you. I don't know if there's a release or anything you signed before Maybe. a boxing match, but I'll there's see. probably something built into the contract that says, "Hey, you're taking this risk. You're putting your life on the line." I there can't. There probably is something I'm like sure that. I though. can't. I mean, I can't. We have to have some level of responsibility to other human beings and respect for life. Sign here, please, <laughs> because you have a high risk of being killed. <laughs> Essentially, what you what you're saying before the boxing match is sign here because you might die. Yeah. Here's your money. Here's how much money you can make. But just so you know, you might die. <laughs> you know, That's a good place to end. Competition, but we need to do better. All right. Thanks for listening. It means so much to me that you would take time out of your busy day to join me on this podcast. And I hope you find the information here inspiring. Do me a favor. Visit my website at www.tanyalampley.com and get connected to me there. There's a newsletter where you can sign up for information about some of the things that I have coming down the pike. I have a book that is in the works and just some really good things that I am eager to get out into the marketplace that will inspire people to live their lives to the complete fullest. And there's links there for my Twitter, my Facebook page, and If you would share it, I want to reach as many people as possible. We just aren't doing enough. We just aren't being intentional about building lives that are satisfactory. And I really want to be a catalyst for that level of change. So I hope you consider passing it along. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing.